The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. This is Impact Wrestling Moose, and you're listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. It's the L-double-E, and I am mobbing with the real dudes with attitudes. Perched on the Top Rope correspondent, Justin Largito. Perched Gaming's Alex Todd, and we have a special guest. We have RN from the Rewind on the Smack Raw podcast. Gents, how are we doing today? Doing pretty damn good. Finally got me on. Took you long enough. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, Lee. A lot of uh, a lot of big events in wrestling this week, so we got quite a bit to talk about. Honestly, it's been a lot of big events in wrestling for the past couple weeks, guys. I'm happy to be back. I've been gone for about a month. Glad to be back on the show. Yeah, I don't think fun. I could have picked a better show to join on. So let's 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 talk and go. Oh yeah, let's do this, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna start with our AEW correspondent who will in Rochester next week for AEW Dynamite. Justin Largito, quickly read off the forbidden door results, please. Absolutely. So uh, starting with the buy-in, we actually had four matches uh, in that hour span. We had Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Uh, they defeated the factory, QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. Side note, they will also be uh, facing the Young Bucks on Rampage this Friday. Ooh. Not for the tag titles, but possibly during a future tag title match. And then we had one that just kind of came out of nowhere with Lance Archer versus uh, Nick Camarado. Lance Archer uh, won that, in case you couldn't tell. Which, side note, with Lance Archer's uh, history in New Japan Pro Wrestling, I feel like he would have been better served to face somebody from New Japan on that show. Yeah, it was very weird because he is a AEW contracted talent, but then he's wearing uh, Suzuki Goon uh, t-shirts and everything. So, who knows? I don't know, the way I was looking at it, and that. Then we had uh, Swerve in Our Glory with Keith Lee and Shane Strickland. Uh, they Greatest took tag on... team out there right now. Absolutely. Uh, then we took on uh, Suzuki Goon, El Desperado, and <laughs> Yoshinobu Kenmaru. So, so Swerve in Our Glory for win there. Then we had Max Caster in the Gun Club, Billy Austin and Colton. They defeated the New Japan LA Dojo, cons- uh, consisting of a- Alex Coughlin, the DKC, uh, Kevin Knight, and Yuya Yamura. Then we moved on to the main show. The opening match was a, si- a trios match to determine who would get the man advantage in Blood and Guts following Wednesday on Dynamite, which we will be talking about in a bit. Minoru Suzuki. And as we like to call them on this show, the Sex Wizards, consisting of Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, they defeated Eddie Kingston, Shota Yumino, and Wheeler Yuta. One of my favorite matches on this show, oh. a three-way winner-take-all tag team match. This was for the Ring of Honor and the IWGP World Tag Championships. Uh, FTR with the win over the United Empire and Rapungi Vice. Seven-star FTR and on the road this morning. They're so fucking overrated, and I hope that pisses people off. Ooh. <laughs> uh, next, we got I want to smoke. A, uh, a four-way match to determine the inaugural AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Pack 
surprisingly defeated Clark Connors, Miro, and Malachi Black. Did everyone yeah, think that fuck? this was the Miro belt? Like going yeah. into this. Yep. Absolutely. No, no, I, I said to Lee during this match too. I said, um, normally when the when the odds come out for the matches like that they put out online, like the betting mm-hmm. odds. Those are the odds that are almost never wrong. Most of the yeah. time, it's because information has gotten leaked to where the odds right. come out, and they're 99% accurate most of the time. So when everybody saw that they said Miro was winning this match, Lee and I were extremely surprised. I was yelling in Lee's living room when Pac won this match. Oh, we literally have been calling it the Miro belt since they fucking announced the tournament. I mean, it, it was... The lead up, everything about it just said that Miro was going to fucking win this match. So I'm well, glad we weren't the only podcast that was wrong. Right. And I think it was actually a smart move on AEW's part to take who had the betting odds win and go in a different direction with it. Because right, I think that right. was the one match of the night that everybody had casted away because they were like, we already know who's going to win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was uh, I was very surprised with the outcome. Like even when uh, Miro had a uh, pack in the game over, which was the uh, former accolade in WB. I was just waiting for Pac to tap out. It never happened. I'm not complaining with Pac as champion. I was just very surprised. Yeah, yeah. I, I like he's it's well deserved. I mean, so Absolutely. like, I don't think anybody was mad about it. just fucking shocked the shit out of everybody. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, oh, shout out to you, Lee, because I know you were a big fan of this. The dudes with attitudes: Darby Allen, Shingo Takagi, and Sting <laughs> defeated uh, the Bullet Club, consisting of El Fantasmo and the Young Bucks. I'm just glad people got to see Shingo. He's probably my favorite New Japan wrestler. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, The internet wrestling community hated me because I referred to the dudes with attitudes being Shawn Michaels and Diesel while I was very rudely, go fuck yourselves, told (laughs) that Sting had originated the dudes with attitudes. And then someone sent a photo being like, you're a figure collector and then sends me a two pack of sting and Lex Luger of like the, uh, Galoob style figures, AKA big rubber dildos. And it said dudes with attitudes. And I was like, okay, I didn't watch WCW in the early nineties. I didn't know it existed until 1995 when I saw the very first episode of WCW nitro. And I was like, what, what is this? I knew some of the wrestlers, obviously, well, mostly all of them, except for like Brian Pillman, Jushin Thunder Liger, and they started right. the, the show off. But I knew everybody else. Like when I saw Bubba Rogers versus Hulk Hogan, because that was a main event. And I was like, why is the big boss man dressed like that? <laughs> you know, so like, yeah, so sorry, fans. No, fuck you. Well, I'm my not thing sorry. is like, I'm completely with you. Like that doesn't even make any fucking sense for their tactic, man, because... First of all, like it, every time they, someone said it, that's all I thought about was fucking woo-ha sting with the fucking tassels on his back and shit and the blonde hair. That's what I think of when dudes are like, they should be like emo with attitude or some shit. Like it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like it doesn't. And then, and then like throwing Shingo in it as well. Like that was such a fucking hodgepodge fucking group, but I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like their chemistry, but yeah, the dudes with attitude, I refuse to call them that. I call them team emo to this day. And that's all I will call them. Timo, Team Emo, Timo, Timo. I'm gonna stick with um, Goth with Cox. Well, and you know what, Lee and I, Lee and I made a good point about the Bullet Club in this match. Does anybody you find it weird that they kicked out Tamatanga and Tonga Loa, but Hikaleo's still in the Bullet Club too, and that's their brother? My my, how I look at it is because he was in TNA, I mean, Impact. 
he didn't know it happened, so he's still like on the ropes about it. Like he hasn't yeah. been over Japan. So it's that's interesting. All, that's Japan, my favorite way of keeping it alive. Like, right. Japan does some interesting things sometimes when it comes to the Bullet Club. I love the idea of no one's told Hikaleo about it. Like it's a that's secret. how I've been riding it out. Like you know what I'm saying? Because I don't think he's even been over to Japan yet. Hikaleo's just walking around like, where's my brothers? Like, hey, you guys seen Tom and everybody like don't want to say anything. They're like, oh, uh, they decided not to come. They're, uh, I think they'll be over later. You know what I'm saying? Like, he still has a. They went, they went out. Yeah. They went out to get some dinner. Oh, it's yeah, it's I'm, okay. It's okay, Hikaleo. Just, just be quiet. Go to sleep. We have for, we have a big day tomorrow at Forbidden right. Door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a match that you're gonna end up getting pulled from. Yeah, um, imagine that you have to pretend that television and the internet don't exist. Right. Or that your family has your goddamn phone number. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, let's be honest. So most brothers, especially the younger brother, that's some younger brother shit to do. Like, fuck you guys. I'm staying. That's fair. True. Um, One more thing I will say about this match. I I loved uh, Sting's entrance uh, where he appeared right above the tunnel because I just love the silhouette where it looks like he's standing on the edge of a building. Like he's fucking Batman or something. That was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> that was that was like I'm completely against thing, but even even for me, like that was like that's fucking dope. And I wish they had like a prop bet, like better Sting's gonna jump off some shit because we all bet on that. It was like Sting's jumping off something. We didn't know when it was gonna happen or where. We didn't think it'd be the fucking at the entrance to get it out the way, but we knew Sting was jumping off something to start that. To it's somewhere in that fucking match. Man, I just I want to be upset that Sting's still wrestling, honestly, just because I don't want him to get hurt at his age. But then he keeps doing crazy shit like this that I just keep getting entertained by, and I'm like, okay, fuck I'm not it, mad just, at it. just roll with it. Like honestly, and I'm the like Leo tell you he's been on one, the show one of my old people rants. He's he's seen how I feel about these old fucks coming back, but like I can't even complain because like Sting is like, he's like, I mean, all right, I'll kill myself. Yeah, well, not even that. He's, he's not, like, doing anything. Like, he's not, like, stealing anybody's shine. He's not fucking, like, no. taking away from what somebody else could do. Like, he's really there just kind of propping up. He's just jumping off Barbie shit. And jumping off shit. It's so, like, that type of shit, like, I'm all right with that. Like, I can I can fucking roll it. As long as he's not, if he doesn't, as long as he doesn't win the fucking AEW title, I'm yeah. completely fine with a 70-year-old man diving from the rafters. Which, and I feel like he's the type of guy with his character where he wouldn't allow that to happen exactly, for himself he's anyway. he's not an egomaniac. He, no. gets, he gets it. <laughs> he's always been for the business. Right. Honest opinion, he's a spot man now. He, mm-hmm. He's a spot guy. Yeah. Uh, I, he's, you know, like, he's really the modern day fucking Terry Funk now, honestly. Yeah. If you really think yeah. about it. One thing, one thing I notice, he doesn't get the pinfall. No. He doesn't, you know, but he's also not taking the pin either for the most part. Right. So right, it protects no. him and also uh, helps build up others at the same right. time. And that, exactly. Yeah. And that's what Perfect. these old fucks could, should do. That's what they should mm-hmm. come back and do. Probably yeah. do. That's why I completely, because people are trying to call me a hypocrite, but I'm like, no, like, what is he doing? Like you said, like, he never fucking, he never overshadows anybody. He yeah. does what he's supposed to do. He always makes Darby look good. He's always there to protect Darby. He's always there to do the dumb shit that they're trying to save Darby from doing. So like he's contributing to the product and to propping up the young guys. So, Hell yeah. Yeah. Props props are staying. And props to AEW for being able to use him like that. Because it always bothers me when WWE has like these legends nights and say, like, for example, the last one when you know you had what Ric Flair, Big Show, Shawn Michaels all in a room together and Randy Orton takes them all out. Right. With Mark Henry, you know, Randy, you know, like there's one way to use the legends. And I think the way that AEW uses sting still to wrestle is a fantastic way. But then I look at how WWE uses legends 
and it's just like, oh, come on. Like the only thing I think that they had done something cool with was when Heath Slater had that gimmick where a legend would come out every night, every you know week on Raw to face him, and he would lose, with the exception of Doink the Clown. I thought that was a great a, a great way to to utilize the legends. But for the most part, when they have like these legends nights and stuff, how I'm many legends you see? Yeah, how many how many of them do you see where like they're getting made fun of or they get beat up and this and that? Like, yeah, you know, use them properly. Hell yeah, yeah. Carry on, Justin. I mean, that just to add on to what you said, Lee. I mean, Big Show is pretty open. Uh, that's kind of what drove him out of WWE was that segment of, with Randy Orton on that Legends Night of Raw last year, where he pretty much had to sit there and just be berated by Randy Orton, and. Ironically, his contract was up around that time, and they were renegotiating. And but let's be honest, the- though, that's a rare occasion. Hardly that ever happens. Normally, when the legends come, they beat the shit out of some up and coming star, or some guy, right. or the top heel, and make him look like a fucking idiot. That's what normally yeah. happens. So, like that time, like don't get me wrong, yeah, it was super, super fucked up, and I wouldn't have did that. I wouldn't have went that far left either. But most of the time, they go far right the other way, where they say we can't build a star, we can't do this. And then they sacrifice the star, i.e. Kevin Owens to fucking Stone Cold with two, uh, three surgically, three knees, a plastic thumb and a fucking rubber neck. And they <laughs> sacrifice him at fucking uh, WrestleMania. I don't care. We leaders, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. That did not help Kevin Owens in any way. It just did. I don't care what anybody says. We can rebuild uh, him. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let me uh, crack open this forbidden door again. We had a uh, Next match, Thunder Rosa retaining the AEW Women's World Championship against Tony Storm. In a hell of a match, might I say. This was definitely Thunder Rosa's best showing as champion. Right. So. Absolutely. And obviously, when you're facing Tony Storm in the ring, you're going to have that. I am a Tony Storm stand. But please don't lose that butt. I was going to say, Lee can tell you all about his <laughs> obsession with Tony Storm. We're, we're all about the booty. Absolutely. I can't believe she lost all that weight and still didn't lose that ass. It's like she only lost weight in the upper half, which I'm thrilled about. Agreed. <laughs> uh, then we had uh, what I honestly, in my opinion, I don't know if you guys agree with me. I thought this was the match of the night, actually. Uh, Will Ospreay retaining the IWGP United States Championship against Orange Cassidy. Crowd was fucking hot for this match. And there were at least like two or three times where I thought Orange Cassidy was winning that title. And I didn't think he was ever going to win, but I th- I knew that this was going to be matching tonight. We called it yeah. on our show as well. Because my thing is, like, all the heat everybody was giving about the Orange Cassidy, like, Will Ospreay's not a fucking idiot. There's a reason why he's a top five, maybe top ten wrestler in the world. So if he cho- if he was okay with going against Orange Cassidy, that said all I needed to know, him accepting this match and being in this match, because he knew that they were going to put on a fucking show. And he knew that he could put on a show with Orange Cassidy. So I was in on, I was in on it hands down from the getting. Like, Orange Cassidy is not one of my favorite gimmicks, but I get it. But I also know that when he wants to turn it on, he can. So, like, I was 100% on this mic, and I called it to be the fucking match of the night for sure. And it was. Yeah, and it's not even close. And let's also not forget that after the match, when Orange Cassidy was getting beaten down, when we saw... Shibata, Shibata cross through and walk through the forbidden door and walk in. Lee can attest to this, the pop that I fucking gave that show at that point. Shibata is easily one of the, in my opinion, one of the best to ever do this. Yes. And seeing him on American national 
television, pay-per-view, whatever you want to call it, was something I never thought I'd see in this lifetime. His matches with Ishii are what got me drawn to New Japan. What was it, mm-hmm. maybe like seven years ago, maybe five, seven yeah. years ago, him, Ishii, and uh, Gato with the, for the never open championships. Like mm-hmm. That's what got me drawn in to New Japan. Like, and, and right, of course, right when I got into it is when he ended up leaving because of the headbutts and shit and the trauma. Yep. But he's definitely, at the time, he was my favorite wrestler in New Japan. He's the one that drew me in, just like the fucking – Terminator and all black trunks, nothing still dressing like a young lion and shit. He's a fucking vet. Like I just, I instantly fell in love with him and that's what drew, drew me in. Not even Bullet Club, which is what kept me, but Shibata, Shibata and Ishii, those matches drew me in the New Japan. Yeah. And I definitely think we set up at the end of that match for, uh, even if it's a match out of respect, I think we're going to see a match between Orange Cassidy and Shibata down the road. Yeah. Possibilities are endless with this uh, New Japan AEW partnership. Mm hmm. And uh, let me talk about this next match because this put a big smile on my face. We had Zack Sabre Jr. taking on a mystery opponent, which ended up to be Claudio Castagnoli. And I fucking screamed and I don't care what anyone has to say about that. If you remember remember the crying CM Punk guy from uh, (laughs) debut in AEW back in August, that was me. That was me for uh, Claudio this past week. I agree. Uh, but a uh, great technical match. The second all- worst kept secret in w- in wrestling history. First was CM Punk, and then next was this. I mean, everyone knew it was going to be fucking Cesaro, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but th- th- this, this, this was a very good technical match, I thought. I feel but- like the hate that this match got was, like, unnecessary. Absolutely like, unnecessary. This was a technical masterpiece. Yeah, and it was... It- and it was like, what did they expect from Cesaro? And you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it wasn't a classic Zack Sabre Jr. match. And like, I, everybody was like kind of shitting on that. But like, if you went into this thinking that New Japan talent was going to go like extremely over on an American, American led AEW fucking pay per view, then I don't know if you've ever watched wrestling before. That's just not how it works. <laughs> not wrong. Well, I think part of the issue too was this is had to, this had the pleasure of following up Will Ospreay and Orange Cassidy, which was kind of like a mixed like hybrid match right, of right. Matt Game and High Flying. And I think everybody expected this with basically this match being like an Indy Heartthrob match that they were going right. to get like a lot of the same. But and Lee and I were talking about this as soon as the match started. You knew this was going to be a technical, right down to the mat, ground and pound type match and it's exactly what they gave us which i mean every show needs a little bit of variety so i thought for what they were trying to give us they did a great job with this match and i think that too but what i think is i think it wasn't enough i think they thought it was going to be like legitimately like what they would have got if it was daniel bryan versus him like completely on the mat and cesaro just did a bunch of wwe shit and i think that that's what kind of right. pissed off the internet but like i don't think if that's how you know they're not real fans because all the wwe shit he did he did the shit on the Indies before he got to WWE. He just mm-hmm. finally became over and got moved up the car to be able to do his indie shit in WWE. Yeah, like the the swing, <laughs> the swing he was doing that years before he came to WWE. Exactly. Like, and I don't think anybody gets that. But like, nope. let's be honest about the AEW crowd. Like, they're they're finicky as fuck, and sometimes they get offended about the wrong shit. So mm-hmm. shit happens. Yep. Yep. Uh, all I have to say about the matter is put the fucking strap on Claudio, and I don't care what anyone thinks of that. I'm there. I'm here for it. <laughs> but moving on, then we have the semi-main event. The four-way match IWGP World Championship with Jay White retaining over Adam Cole, Hangman Page, and Kazuchika Okada. Very good four-way, I thought. 
It's unfortunate about the finish. Who knows what's going on with Cole right now? Obviously, he is concussed. I uh, haven't heard much else other than that. That's He's also been of... dealing with that shoulder injury too. Right. Yeah, and that's we knew that going in. Kind of so, glad. It, I hate to say, I'm kind of glad it was the concussion and not worse on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because he doesn't really have a history of concussions from what we know of. So right. if that if he doesn't actually have a history of concussions, he will come back from that a little bit quicker. I've dealt with concussions myself in the past. You, If you don't have a history of them, you're going to come back a little quicker than other people would. Right. Whereas if he had messed that shoulder up even more, he could have been out for quite a bit of yeah, months, time. Months instead of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, the, the finish was definitely very, uh, very out of nowhere, but... Hey, shit happens. Can sometimes. we just talk about how much of a sniper Adam Cole is with that fucking super kick? Whenever somebody's doing a move, a moonsault. Oh, oh my or, god, yeah. Like no <laughs> one. Like how the hell does he do that? Like honestly, it's just good timing, man. Like get Yo, the that, fuck out of here, man. So the replay from Hangman with the the moonsault and and they they like they show like a great yeah. zoom in, spot on. On Hangman's freaking chin right there. Oh, and he did the same thing when he did it to Ricochet back in yeah, NXT. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. yeah. The man's Jeez. the man's timing is spotless. I just want Michaels that. has a run for his money with the Shelton Benjamin super kick. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Fucking love Adam Cole. Get well soon, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the main event. AEW Interim World Heavyweight Championship. John Moxley. Winning the title, defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. Very good main event, I thought. This was, as I pointed out in the prediction show, three years in the making. Unfortunately, a lot of things have gotten in the way to stop this match, whether it be the pandemic, travel, scheduling conflicts. Tony Khan, as he was revealed during the media uh, scrum after the show, uh, him trying to block it on a New Japan show for the longest time. But uh, we finally got it, and we weren't disappointed. Uh, Moxley was fucking leaking at one point in this match. I still can't even figure out where the hell it happened in the match, to be honest with you. But he came up at one point, and he was just dripping in blood. Giving AJ Styles a run for his money lately, huh? (laughs) The only complaint I have about this is, like, them making fucking Tanahashi lay on the ground under the ropes for, like, 20 minutes as with the brawl that happened at the end. Like, that was, Mm -hmm. like, so... It made no fucking sense. It was kind of disrespectful. Like, at least let him, like, get up and, like, the refs, like, in New Japan where they put the ice pack on his neck and carry him out. Like, he literally just laid in the fucking ring while or hell, even chaos is ensuing. Hell, even let him go out a hero and have him come back and help Mox. Something. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was just so, like, again, that's... Made him look like a fucking sense. jabroni is what it made him yes, look absolutely. like. Yes, absolutely. It did. It did. It did. And then uh, after the match, we obviously had more build to the Blood and Guts match that, that occurred this past Wednesday. Afternoon. The faces, the Blackpool Combat Club, getting the uh, heads up on uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society, even though they do have the one-man advantage going in. Absolutely. And speaking of which, we're going to switch gears. We're going to move over to the coverage from Blood and Guts episode of AEW Dynamite kicked off the night with Orange Cassidy taking on Ethan Page where we found out that the internet was apparently wrong as to Chuck Taylor's status with AEW it had been repeated that Chuck uh, had been released from his AEW contract or it had expired my bad and that he was no longer with the company we saw that not to be true as best friends accompanied Orange Cassidy to the ring 
at Blood and Guts, and he would go on to take up the victory over one Ethan Page. So we saw Christian Cage come out as well during AEW, and with a little bit of a twist, we actually saw Luchasaurus turn heel and become Christian Cage's new bodyguard. Do you guys think this is kind of like a, a trick that him and Jungle Boy are secretly pulling on Christian Cage, or do you think we're getting a Luchasaurus-Jungle Boy rivalry when Jungle Boy I was going to ask you, like, when the hell did he turn heel? Like, did I miss something? Like... Bro, I think really what it is is they really wanted to split up Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Yeah. Uh, Jungle Boy seems to be he's going to be the bigger star of the two. I think that's why they decided to make Luchasaurus be the heel and being like, hey, Christian, why don't you know and have Christian manage him for a while? You know, because Luchasaurus, you know, kind of needs some sort of star power i heard him on aew dark one night when sports kita made me cover aew dark results which was honestly some of the worst things i'd ever watched every match was damn near (laughs) every match was damn near the same and i could tell you exactly when the fucking neck breaker super kick combo was coming out of everybody was it was just it drove me nuts it's a little better now luchasaurus cuts a promo and the promo was literally have you ever seen a dinosaur with a degree talk on a microphone? And I just sat there and I go, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I really want to turn it off right now. <laughs> so Christian's going to be his mouthpiece. So I totally understand. Like if that's why, then I get it. But if they're doing something else, jungle boy comes back and then tries to get his pet dinosaur to like him again. And, you know, he likes him again. And they, you know, Luchasaurus sees the way and turns on Christian. I mean, that might be a little wacky, but I just see it as I think they've wanted to split the tag team up. And this was their way of doing it. Right. See, my problem is, is there wasn't an official turn, though. It was weird yeah, the way that's... they did it. Like last week, they showed Luchasaurus getting ready to choke Christian out. He talked to him for a second. He just calmed down for a second. And then he's all of a sudden the bodyguard. So that's what makes me believe that there's something more to this and it's not your regular heel turn because they would have, I feel like they would have built up to this and given more of an angle to Luchasaurus's actual turn. So I think there's something more going on here than what we're thinking. Well, when he was in the ring, when they were in the ring, Christian like whispered something to him and then like that was, yeah, then he walked out like, with them. This is classic. Okay. AEW overthinking. Yeah. Like they could have just did, they could have just had Luchasaurus turn. And then Christian be like, he, he's going with Luchasaurus. Like, where they could have had them both turn at the same fucking time. Like, there was, because I was literally going to ask y'all, like, did I miss something? Like, was it on, like, fucking the Elite or some shit that no one watches where he turned heel? Like, I, I was completely like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, it's just, it's it makes it really confusing. Because, like, us who were, we're a little more past the, the casual fans in that aspect. So, if, if we don't know what's going on, right, right. how are the casual fans going to know what's going on? Yeah, so I don't know. They got to they got to explain it a little more, or like Jungle Boy's got to come back sooner, and we got to see the payoff to this. Because right now, for me, I like what Christian's doing, and this could work, but it doesn't make sense to me from the get go. So for me, I don't really. Have, I'm not, I actually kind of dig it to be honest with you. Uh, I do think plans may have changed a little bit because from what I heard, uh, surprise, surprise, someone in AEW is out with an injury. Uh, Jungle Boy uh, did something to his shoulder. Uh, I don't know if it was in that ladder match or if it was a pre-existing injury, but uh, it sounds like Jungle Boy is going to be out for a little bit. 
So it's good that they're giving Christian something to do while also uh, building off the heat of the Jungle Boy uh, Christian Cage heel turn. Also, I'm loving uh, heel Christian Cage right now on AEW. Oh, oh dude, me too. I I dig the uh, I dig the whole Steve Jobs vibe that he's going with right, right. now, or like the the, the James Bond, yeah, the James Bond villain turtlenecks, like Steve Jobs esque. Like I, I love, I love the, the the vibe that he himself is giving off right I now. It's just the angle that's a little weird. Christian. I, I hate Babyface Edge and I hate Babyface Christian. Like well, I only want to see them. Be oh, here, here's the thing with uh, Babyface Christian too. I was listening to Busted Open and Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray were talking about this the other day too, and. The only reason that Christian succeeds as a babyface is because he's so good as a heel. Right. But aside from that, like, there's not really much substance that any company ever gives Christian as a babyface, and therefore he does kind of tend to get a little boring after a while. But when you switch the gear and you turn him heel, every company he's been in, he strikes gold every yeah. single time. Yeah, All baby faces I, you know, boring. I think Christian. Christian's definitely going to uh, benefit by having a, you know, a heavy with him uh, throughout this heel run. Absolutely, is taking the place of Tyson Tomko. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and uh, and speaking of which, he started out as Christian's heavy and defeated Serpentico in a squash, an absolute squash match, and um, on Dynamite Blood and Guts, and the submission move that he used was like almost looked like similar to like the, um, the. I don't even know what you call it. That submission move that Kane was using when he first came back in 2011, when he would like, like kind of block your face off almost, but he like did it from a reverse. Like he had his, he had him face down on the mat. I don't know. It was cool. It was something I hadn't seen before. So it was yeah. nice to see it. But also we also saw on blood and guts, Max Caster and the gun club taking on seven star FTR and Justin's favorite pro wrestler in the entire world, Dan Housen. Now, this one was kind of interesting to me because we kind of saw a little bit of frustration between the Gun Club and Billy Gunn at the end of the match with Billy pushing down his own son. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Billy actually goes with uh, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. I think they I, did this way too soon. Like They were so over like... I never thought I needed the ass boys and and uh and the acclaimed. acclaimed together. Like that shit was fire. Like it's like, one of my favorite groupings, honestly. Right. And they they always do this. Like they, they're kind of getting to that WWE range where they always just like fast track shit. Like once stuff gets good, they're like, all right, we gotta capitalize. Let's break them up real quick. Let's have a few. Like, no, just let shit marinate. Like you didn't even think this was gonna be anything to fucking begin with. And like you created this, like it just kind of fucking happened. They just fucking let go together. Like I I think they should have kept them as a faction for real. Like, I don't know, bro, it's pissing me off. Bro, they even did it with the elite of all groups because when Hangman Adam Page started getting bigger, you could have used the elite to back him up and push him into a world title run, and it probably would have made his world title run even better. But instead, right. they decided to break the entire group up. Well, I mean, it would have made his title run okay compared to what it was without them. It was no, 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 no. You got to go back to when they should have did it a, a year before he got the title. If they had did it then, it would have been, yeah, been. Yeah, but instead, but him by himself, now we see that Hangman Page was exactly the part that he played when it came to the elite 
and the Bullet Club. That's He's right. a middleman, just yeah. a mid guy type. He's great matches, promos are eh, but for whatever reason, he didn't. He just. By himself, there's no it factor there. It's a shame. He's no, it he's really not is. a main eventer. He's a he's a mid he's a upper mid card transitional champion, and that's what I thought he was, and that's what it ended up being. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, we had the TBS Championship match between Jade Cargill and Layla Gray. It was same rinse and repeat. Jade wins the match. After the match, Hathaway was about to speak, but Jade grabbed the mic and said she was tired of everybody in the back bitching and moaning. She man demanded that Stokely Hathaway give her some real competition, and he said only someone that didn't work for AEW had the wherewithal to step up. Um, called Athena lazy. Athena and Chris Dantlander run out, and they attack Jaden Hogan. And then Layla Gray actually stops them and hits Athena with the O face. Um, I feel like they're obviously building to a triple threat match here between Athena, Chris Statlander, and Jade for the TBS championship. I feel like that's going to be the only match so far that has any chance of Jade actually losing the title. I don't know what you guys think about it. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying it's going to happen because I wouldn't be right. surprised if she won either. No, she has to win. She's the biggest women star in the company. Right. Maybe the biggest woman star in wrestling. She's ass in the ring. I will say that mm -hmm. she is, but she's getting but better compared to when she better. first started. She's way yeah, better. She is getting better. And with Stokely Hathaway with her, I think that's a perfect fucking parent. Like I'm a stand for him. Like, I don't know why he didn't catch on in the WWE more. And like I said, he could have been on Paul Hammond's level. If he's not already really there, he just never got a fucking opportunity to show it. But Jade is the Jade might be the biggest woman's wrestler in the world right now. Like her. I mean, she just fucking breathes money. Like, if she gets some more time in the ring, like, cl clearly she definitely needs to get better in the ring. But right now, like, it doesn't matter who you put in there. Like, she's fucking money, flat out. And I've said this to Lee on the show in the past, too. I've said it to Justin before, too. Even though her ring work isn't 100% up to par, her presentation yes. in AEW is top-notch. From her entrance to her look to the hair to the posse that she carries around, she... Something about her entrance, and I can't quite put my finger on it, gives me that same vibe when The Rock makes his entrance in WWE. I'm not saying like, that I'm not saying exactly that their star saying. profile totally is the same, but like totally agree. The the chills that her entrance gives yes, is yes. undeniable. To me, she's the second biggest star in that company. Like, yeah, not just okay. woman or or like she's the second biggest star. Like to me, like when she comes on the screen, like even people if people pay attention. Yeah, even if you're gonna, you know, it's gonna be a fucking squash match or some bullshit. Like you ain't taking a piss break when she's on the TV. You're just not. No, because you're you're enthralled in what's going on. You want to see what kind of different gear she's wearing. You want to see what different color her hair is. Something. You want to see the the group that she brings with them, what they're doing. I I love it. All I'm saying is that I think this match that they're coming to might be the biggest threat to her title reign yeah. so far. And that's what their that's what their issue is, is because she is such a big star. And she is so fucking like everyone knows she's who it is and she's money. It's like it's kind of like what WWE is running into a Roman right now. It's like trying to build up some sort of fucking like angst for her run or mm -hmm. to like kind of give her, like you said, some sort of even us, even though we know she's not going to win, at least some sort of threat that she's not going to win. You know what I'm saying? And that's where they're at right now. Totally agree, man. So when it comes to when it comes to Jade Cargo, there's really no woman in any company that has the physique that she does. Mm -hmm. If you want, like, it's kind of close, Rhea Ripley. No, I'd or, say, you know what? I would say Charlotte. 
as far as the closest. No, no, no. Charlotte's too thin. Jade's like fucking ripped. Ivy Nile is the only one that has a body anywhere close to hers, but she's four foot eleven. Right. Yeah. And Ivy Nile is literally the only one built like Jade. Former, former, <laughs> former ROH uh, star Maria Manic is another one that that I would say has a similar physique, but I don't know what Maria Manic's even doing now. Like I, she's been unheard of for a while in wrestling, at least as far as I can tell. Right. But Jade Cargill's physique is insane. There's no woman that has that physique. She's gotten a lot better in the ring and it shows. And AEW is treating her as such that it's getting better. My honest opinion is that they're going to push her to a main event, a main event status while running that undefeated streak. That's what I see happening. They're going to run with that undefeated streak, just like WCW ran it with Goldberg. Oh, yeah, they are. Just like WWE ran it with Kurt Hawkins in a different direction. (laughs) But I mean, that's what I see happening. I could see her almost going in the direction where she builds herself up for the AEW Women's World title. And then, you know, we get some sort of storyline. Well, um, since you're going for the women's title, you have to basically um vacate the tbs championship so you're not holding other people down so she never actually loses the championship and that that also becomes part of her character throughout the rest of her career too where she can say hey i had this winning streak i never lost the tbs championship and i won the aew women's world championship and i think she's gonna end up carrying that women's division on her back along with Britt baker for years to come yeah and i she's wwe bound i don't give a fuck what anybody says Oh, yeah. eventually. Yeah, it yeah, might not be soon, but she will eventually be in that company. Yeah. But moving on, we had the main event of the evening representing the Blackpool Combat Club. We had John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, along with Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz facing the Jericho Appreciation Society of Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, Daniel Garcia, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker in a blood and guts match. And if those of you that are listening do not know what a blood and guts match is, one, why are you even here listening? Just kidding. Two, uh, it's basically, it's it's the version of War Games from WCW. Shout out to Daniel NXT. Garcia coming out with the do-rag on. Dude, I love Daniel Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what he does. Star. I'm like, damn, bro. I ain't seen a white dude in a, in a do-rag. Since Vince McMahon? <laughs> Since Vince McMahon did it in ECW. You put respect on ECW <laughs> in Vince McMahon's name. Vince that McMahon was, is a former like, ECW champion. I popped so hard when he came out with the do-rag on. Like, that shit just, like, it touched. It spoke to my soul. Seeing there a was, white dude with a do-rag. There Wayne was check in the ring. Let's go. There were so many poppable moments in this match um, from John Moxley sticking the spikes into, uh, was it Matt Menard's head? It was Daddy Magic. It was Matt yeah, Menard. Yeah, from that to the standoff between the real Americans, Jake Hader and Claudio let me, Castagnoli. Let me fucking tell you something. I didn't even think about that until they locked eyes. Dude, neither did I. Like I knew that they were kind of like on opposing sides, but they were... No offense to Jake Hager, he's kind of the background just bodyguard figure of Jericho Appreciation Society or the Inner Circle or whatever you want to call it. Because I honestly forget he's even there half the time. Well, I I have said this (laughs) to Lee before, too. I think with the fact that he does uh, what he does in AEW and also does his Bellator fights, I think he's kind of in a place in his career where he's just happy to be doing what he's doing. I don't think he's trying to push to take anybody's spots. I think he's just happy to be involved in pro wrestling and happy to be able to do MMA. And so I don't, 
I don't think of Jake Hager as like the standout player of any stable that he's in because I don't think he wants to be. But then when we got to this match and then the moment Claudio Castagnoli and Jake Hager locked eyes, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I didn't think about this shit. Shit's about to fucking go down. Yep. (laughs) Yep, Just as Aaron did it, uh, the crowd was chanting, we We the people. It was was amazing. Um, Yeah. we can say what we want with with Jake. Uh, he has he holds a special place in my heart because I was the one who interviewed him when he actually broke the news that he had signed a contract with Lucha Underground. Right. I I, I uh, did that with Ringside it. News. I fucking love it. Like I always have. Like I just felt like I felt like he never got his just due. And like you said, a lot of it was because I think he was being pulled more towards MMA because I felt like just the competition in him, like it. I feel like that always was kind of why he didn't put as much into wrestling because he always he always really wanted to do that and be in that world too. He wanted to really fight. He wanted to really yeah. fight, but yeah, no, I think he's super fucking underrated in the ring. Like him winning the world title is that not one of the most like out of nowhere most surprising fucking things we've ever had? I think it's one business? of the most surprising winners of the Money in the Bank ladder match that I've seen. Right, and yeah. he was a big guy in a match with a bunch of fucking high flyers and shit. He came out on top. Like mm-hmm. I fucking love him. Even the racist, we the people shit. I still got down with it. I loved it, but no, I liked still- it a little better when it moved from the Zeb Coulter, Coulter shit to just basically him and Cesaro being a badass no, I tag think team. The Zeb Coulter shit was what made it. The racist yeah. teams is what made me like it. Like I like yeah, that nah. little sting of racism in it. Alex, we can you know let, let's think about this. Alex, did you like Crime Time? Yes. Crime Time was the most stereotypical tag team in WWE history. So I didn't was... like them. I so here's my thing. I didn't like them based on the promo skits. I liked them because you could tell that they were they were one of the better at that time where there was a lot of people in tag team wrestling in WWE who weren't exactly great in the ring like the highlanders and right. you know some of those teams um or like deuce and domino who are absolutely awful um you could see that they were actually trying to rise above and be technically one of the better wrestling teams so the greatest i greatest mistake to... wwe ever made was not making them and john cena stable absolutely they dropped, they dropped the ball 100 agree and that's the other reason i liked them was during their time when they had the skits with john cena when he was um having that rerun of his rivalry with jbl so I, I like them more from their in-ring standpoint. I agree, Lee. The, the shit that they put on was some of the most racist shit ever. So like it was so bad, WWE.com, actually, when we interviewed Rob Hockman, I, I, he didn't even know about this. WWE.com, with that whole thing, put out an article on their website about the debut of the vignettes of Crime Time, citing that they acknowledge that they are using African-American stereotypes but they are doing it in a Saturday night live manner. That's what they said. That's what the article read. And I read it all. The only reason, like as a black man, I hated it, but also like they were racist towards everybody. So it's like, yeah, you, can't, you can only be so much mad about the racism when they're racist against German people, white people, uh, fucking any type of ethnicity. Any, any ethnicity you had, Vince McMahon made a joke about it. Right. And if you're Asian, they really don't know how to use you. No, at, at all. Well, let's be honest. If you're black, they don't know how to use you. True. Let me tell you something. Only because we brought up crime time. WB did so much shit that I can't believe they got away with in the mid-2000s. Going back today and watching it, it's like, what the fuck? Hold on. I feel like, I feel like Vince thought that just because he was bringing back DX, that he could go basically back to the 90s and do whatever the fuck he wanted again. 
Yo, yeah. I got a hypothetical for you guys. What do you think would happen with WWE if mainstream media, the cancel culture mainstream media, that is, actually got a hold and saw what WWE slash WWF did from like 96 to 2008 slash 9? TNA would be the number one wrestling show in America right now. <laughs> I see. See, my problem is, is I don't know about that either because TNA did some pretty racist shit earlier on in their days That's too. True too. But that, that I, was when they were on pay per view. You can get right. away with shit on pay per view. Yeah, I think I think they would have lost some viewers, but also at the same time, I don't think anything. I don't think anything permanent would have came of it because if you've noticed in today's day and age, cancel culture will cancel people. But if they try and cancel entities, nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. People, the, the companies and uh, businesses and stuff like that, they're still going to do whatever they want. They're not going to go out of business because of it because they still have all well, this fucking money. So, I mean, when they've lost the demographic people. That, that they were after wouldn't have gave a fuck. Like, yeah, it was, because it was 18 to 25. Like, who the fuck would have, like, nobody would have yeah. tried to cancel them. Like, it would have, like you said, it would have never, it made them put like a little blip on it. They might have got a little slap on the wrist, but like, Nothing was going to happen to their viewership back right. then. And also, back then, pro wrestling kind of um, sucked. Appealed. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did. No, but I mean, also, not like, not like, not like, I loved it. I'm just saying, like, right. it was but shitty. Like, it, it was, was shitty. Up. <laughs> but it also, it appealed more towards like the working blue collar man who was like a, a right wing Republican redneck type shit. It was like a carnival. So I resent that fucking state. No, no, no. I'm saying if you go <laughs> if you go back to those shows back earlier on and you Bro, look at I some of the I was there in the midst of it, going to all those shows. I, right. I wasn't a redneck. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying you it are. Appealed to me. <laughs> I'm not saying that you are. But I'm saying if you go back on some of those shows man. and you look at some of the people in the crowd. You oh, know yeah. what you know what kind of people were watching that show. Oh, it was listen, the people my, that don't give a fuck. My Go mother worked for Time Warner, Warner right? right? My mom worked for Time Warner. She was a high high up sales executive. I got to go to all the anytime Raw or WCW. I went to a lot of WCW shows because clearly Time Warner, you know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. anytime, like I'm in Ohio, so like anytime any show came in town, if I didn't watch it on paper, I was there. And there I could count on how many times I saw other black people besides myself and my mother at these shows. And these are pay-per-views, raw, all that shit. So no, I I totally understand what you're saying, but there there it was like you said, no one would have gave a fuck. It was like no. It, it, it was literally like Trump rallies. Like it was like a Trump rally every fucking show. <laughs> and that's the nice thing is I feel like even though some of those people are still out there, I feel like the pro wrestling community in and of itself has become a little more open to actually respecting people these days. At least the people around our age I feel like are like yeah. that now. So not, it's, it's, not the it's, people my age. They're still fucking no. dickheads. I, no, you'll no have assholes. that. You'll have that. Suck. We suck. I know you guys think I'm young, but I'm not. I'm almost 40. And people no, my I'm right age there are with fucking you. racist, smelly, fucking need to put it on deodorant. Meanwhile, we have, yeah. we've got Justin over here who's like 12. I'm Dude, I'm 37. And like when we had autograph sessions, I, I thought about putting uh, deodorant out on the table in case people needed it. Oh, yeah. I go to I go to indie shows all the time now between here. Like I'm in Ohio right now. I'm in Southern Ohio, like 45 minutes from Cincy. So I hit shows from Indiana, Kentucky, wherever wherever I can get to. Like I went to a lot of Rockstar Pro shows and like uh Pro Wrestling Revolver, like the Chris Brothers are here. They like where I'm from in Dayton. So like, but yeah, it's uh it's almost it smells like an onion patch. Is that <laughs> Yummy. Bring an extra pair of nostrils because you're going to burn that first set off as soon as you uh, like an hour into the show. 
Uh, damn. It tingles the nose hairs. Well, speaking of WWE and the way they do things, I know, Lee, you wanted to touch base on the predictions that we're going to give for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Oh, before I get into that, I want to finish talking about the AEW match because I got other stuff I'm going to talk about before we talk about Money in the Bank. Okay. The match was great. Uh, this also, by the way, happens on the 25th anniversary of the Hell in the Cell match between The Undertaker and Mankind. Hence, we had Sammy Guevara fly off the top of the cage yep. onto a table. Clear as day, you could see the landing pad, but it was still a cool spot. I'm just curious, like, you were fighting right up and before he threw you off, and it was like your body went limp. <laughs> it was just the weirdest fucking thing, to be honest with you, to see. Um, this match had a lot of great spots. This match had a lot of blood, as it was AEW blood and gluts. Right. Guts. Blah. Blood and glutes. But, yeah, that was there. They were there. <laughs> and all that spandex. Or, I mean, I was literally just looking at Sammy G's Ty Conti and was like, whoo. Them tongues to do the fucking cage was amazing. Oh, man. Anyway, it was a great match. Um, I kind of expected more high spots out of it, but... It is what it is. Uh, however, we will get into WWE now. The first thing I'm going to talk about is a uh, huge shocker that happened. Logan Paul signs with WWE. I know it sounds like really, really weird. They showed photos. Justin uh, has left the building, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> they, uh, they showed photos with uh, Stephanie and Hunter with Logan with the contract, him signing the contract. You know, they posted those photos on social media. Uh, this also comes off of from The Miz announcing that he and Logan Paul are going to have a match or something or tag again at SummerSlam, which is ironic after what happened at WrestleMania, which they brought right. up. Um, the only reason why I see this happening it's because the man has over a hundred million followers combined on all his social media. Uh, it is WWE, not WWF. You know, we know that E stands for entertainment. And I think this is going to be the way of the future with WWE is that you're going to see them sign these big stars like this to get more in the mainstream media. And, you know, we saw it last year with bad bunny I would expect them to try and sign a contract with him. What do you guys think? I'm going to start with Aaron, Aaron. So you're on. What do you think? I, I'm, I, I, I agree with you to a certain extent, but I also agree with the only thing is these dudes are fucking dope in the ring. Like, I don't think you, we, we always leave that part out. Like Logan Paul looked fucking amazing in the ring. Like, he did not look like some dude they signed out the fucking street because he has a fucking hundred million followers. Like he looked like he didn't, look, I mean, maybe not a, like he's been wrestling for a long time, but he looked like he'd been in a fucking ring before. And, and that same thing with Bad Bunny, like they, they didn't fuck around with this. This wasn't like some bullshit. Like they took their time. They trained, they looked good. And like Logan Paul looked damn good. He didn't look as good as Bad Bunny did, but he still looked good. So like, I think that's that kind of part we're leaving on. Like, I don't think that they're going to, Go heavy on this. I think that they're gonna yeah sign people, have people on with WrestleMania. They always do, but signing people like this, like I think they have to prove themselves. And I think Logan Paul did. Like he looked like a wrestler. Like he looked like he belonged in the fucking ring. So like I think that's what kind of separates him and differentiates him and Bad Bunny both 
compared to their normal like celebrity signings. Well, the interesting thing about Logan Paul is too that I actually forgot to mention, and I, I should have because I was part of this. He's a former uh, D1 wrestler. Yeah. You know, so he was an amateur wrestler. So he has that background at least. And the fact, you know, the boxing, phenomenal shape. It was a good match at Mania. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Um, you know, I, I got to go the same route that RN did for this one. Um, do I like Logan Paul as, an, as a person? No, I think he's a piece yeah. of shit. I think he's a, I think a piece of shit person, for especially for the YouTube shit that they did back in the day. Yep. Still really haven't forgiven him for that. Um, really disrespectful towards people. But controversy creates cash, as Eric Bischoff once said. And Logan Paul is going to make money whether people like him or not. And as Aaron said, at WrestleMania, Logan Paul also looked like he belonged in a ring. He looked like he had trained for that match. He looked like he put the work in. Um, you know, the the top rope moves that he did, he got the air on them that a normal wrestler would, did, would uh, the frog splash that he hit. You know, just a lot of the moves that he did, he looked like he trained to make sure that they were crisp. And I expect more of that in his run now. Do I like the way they're doing this? No, because I think Logan Paul should be used as a heel, considering how many people really hate him in real life. But I also understand he's got a bone to pick with The Miz. I All I'm going to say is I would like to see after that match is over for him to go back to being the antagonist or towards but somebody. Listen, because... to what, remember what you just said about the type of fans they are? Yeah. He's, not a, he's not a heel to them. True. He's one of them. <laughs> yeah, they think yeah. it's funny, and they them. think they think it's funny, and they think he did no wrong. So that right. makes sense. Yeah, you got, you... I feel like I, when it comes to pro wrestling, I have to think the opposite of how I feel in real life because that's how most pro wrestling fans would feel. And not even that, especially this is my argument. I always have like Vince McMahon thinks he's the hero of his story. So if you look, if you really pay attention and look at all the shit that faces in WWE do, they don't. They do heel shit, like they. Triple uh, double team matches, uh, setting up people to get fucking fucked up in the back. Like, if you really think about it, what do heels in WWE do that bad guys or bad people do? Talk right. shit on the mic. That's like, it. No one, they don't do anything. All the sneak attacks and two on one matches and all the crazy shit. Uh, John Cena sneaking in to signing the contract over fucking Finn Balor. Like, if yep. you think about it, the faces, do all the fucked up shit. Like, seriously, take a chance and go back and watch the shit that faces do to heels during fuse. And that's because Vince McMahon is a heel, but he's the face in his own story. Well, and, and especially bizarre world, <laughs> especially when it comes to John Cena too, because the the one thing that people have mentioned over and over again throughout the years when it came to John Cena, how many times did you see on WWE television where someone who was an ally of John Cena was getting jumped by two, three, four, five people and Cena, and Cena didn't come out to help him consistently throughout his entire career. It happened over and over again, and they right. never made mention of it. I can give another perfect example of this. It's WrestleMania season. There's a contract signing. And this contract is actually for sale for, I believe, $3,000. It's supposed to be Triple H versus Voldemort, a name we dare not speak. Bleep. Instead, Shawn Michaels signs the contract. Now, Voldemort, name we do not speak, cannot be part of said match, at least at the time. 
So there's another example of faces do heal shit. Well, I mean, in Sean's defense in that, uh, in that storyline, and I'm going to go ahead and say his name because for the sake of history, I don't give a shit. Stevie Richards. And, and Sean Michaels, uh, case in that storyline, he wasn't really the a full out face. He was the tweener in the in the Michaels Triple H Benoit storyline. So I mean, I kind of get it there, but f- he was technically established as a face. But I get it. But I, I think from what Aaron was saying, I think C- John Cena is the biggest example of this. Well, if you, I I used to say it all the time, like faces doing heel shit. Like I have plenty of fucking hashtags for it. Like just watch our show. Like it's it's fucking bizarre. Like and you don't think about it until you think about it. Like, faces are the bad guys. And that's because Vince McMahon is really a bad guy. But every villain thinks they're the hero in their story. Well, here's a perfect example. Uh, (laughs) I just thought of this. 2011, when they had the draft and they did the next episode of Friday Night Smackdown, Mark Henry's calling out someone to fight. All he wants to do is fight. That's what he does. That's what his job is. Sheamus comes out turns baby face in the ring and what's the first baby face thing that he does he slaps the guy in the fucking face for no reason <laughs> a perfect example so I no i get i shit. get it all right i, get I got it, a man. great idea for a segment and it should be faces do heal shit and we should just roll with that i'll dm you about this afterwards yes yeah. i'm down okay so now we know that Justin, I don't even think I need to ask your opinion. You walked away from all of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of made it well known how I feel, but I'll go ahead and speak a little bit. Uh, I would have rather they signed Danhausen. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. Lee, we're making that a sound clip. We are making that a sound clip. Uh, Um, Yeah, so honestly, I'm not that big on Logan Paul. I don't approve of this signing, really, at the moment. Well, luckily for you, they don't give a shit what you think. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) I I throw them my money. They're going to continue to fuck me over. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I'm glad it's not Jake Paul. I can't stand Jake Paul. Logan, at least I can go, okay, well, he's not not Jake Paul. He's better. (laughs) All right. I mean, that's well, fair. We'll give him that. I don't like the idea we could get more Jake Paul cameos on WBTV like we did on the WrestleMania kickoff show this year. Oh, God. What if the Paul brothers end up winning the tag titles one day? Fuck no. Don't. don't put Dude, it's going to happen. I would rather Dan Housen wins a world title first. Dude, the Paul brothers <laughs> are going to be future WWE tag team champions. Alex, you shut that, shut that up and throw it back into non-existence. Nope. <laughs> For some reason, I feel like he's right. However, this wasn't the only signing by WWE that made headlines. A current Bellator MMA fighter. She's out. She's flourishing in in the octagon, but apparently she's coming uh, our way into the professional wrestling world or sports entertainment, however you want to look at it. Uh, We have Valerie Master Loretta. She's also the first Cuban female signed to WWE. She currently has a four-in-one record 
in Bellator, making her debut in 2019. But Only that doesn't one... mean shit, bro. Like, look at they got Shayna Baszler. Like, she's my favorite female wrestler, maybe of all time. And like they've gone out of their way to say that they want a legitimate fighter for the female roster. They fucking have one, and they made her a vampire out the gate. Like, and now she's teaming with fucking uh brace face Matt Natty who can't fucking move or smile or anything. She's literally the epitome of live life, live, laugh, love. Like, like what the fuck? Like, I, I don't give, I don't give them any credit for any signings. Like I'm a, I'm a pure natty hater. Anybody else that feels some type of way about it. My nuts are available from six to eight 30 for you to put them in your mouth. And they're smooth as eggs. I got Botox on my balls. <laughs> Hashtag Botox balls. Well, I mean, and let's be honest, too. She might be champion right now, but let's be honest. They don't even know how to book Ronda Rousey of all people. No, the the biggest fucking MMA women star in the history of women's MMA. Right. She was doing all right at the beginning of her of her run. But like she well, 100 percent, the woman should not have came back as a baby face this time. She should have came back as an all out heel. And they were going in that direction for like night one and night two. And then, like the Royal Rumble and the following Raw, and then after that, they're like, "Oh, we're just gonna, we're gonna make everybody forget that she talked shit about all the fans and this and that, and blah blah this blah." This is and- what we go back to what we just talked about. WWE is delusional about faces and heels. Mm-hmm. They still think that Ronda Rousey is a face when her, the other wrestlers hated her, fans hated her. Even Ronda doesn't still- think she's a face. Even Ronda doesn't think she's a face, but WWE still does because Vince McMahon. Is the hero of his villain story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I don't know if I have high hopes for this girl. She's very promising in the octagon. Her her first fight, you know, very promising TKOs. in the rear end too. Well, and that's where I was going to go. That if uh, if if it doesn't work out, uh, we have. Nikita Lyons with a real booty threat. All I'm saying is if it doesn't work out or, for her in WWE, I do have an OnlyFans account. No, fuck Nikita. that. If it doesn't work out for WWE, I have a spot on my face. Sam. <laughs> he needs a spot, I'll have I love it. In a, in, a rest, in a white woman. Put that know. little salt base seasoning with a little blackness in her, fat ass. <laughs> God, I love it. So, yo, like, I mean... There's that. I mean, put those two in a tag team, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's not NXT 2.0. It's NXXX. It's Team Yams. Or instead of uh, instead of instead of the Chick Busters, we have the Thick Busters. Oh, that's thick. a good one. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that, Alex. Pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all night. Thank you, Steamboat. Nice. Y'all cracked me up. Uh, so, okay, you guys aren't too, you know, wait and see what happens. She's got wicked high hopes, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, uh, honestly, I, I wish her the best of luck. I just don't have high hopes with what they've done with MMA women's wrestlers. Right. Uh, true, true. Sonya Deville's another one. Yep. 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 Okay, so um, all right, now we'll get into the money in the bank predictions. I'm going to say the match. I will start with Alex first, then Justin, and then so on. 
If I'm glad order... you knew how taking turns worked, by the way. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Sometimes I feel like I need to explain everything. Uh, I mean, it is me you're talking to. I get it. Look, Alex, this is like how WB has to explain the Royal Rumble match rules every year. <laughs> Lee, has to, Lee, Lee has to explain our own podcast to me. <laughs> there we go. So the first match is for the WWE United States Championship as it's been pushed down our throats that Larry is the youngest champion in WWE history. Oh, shit, he is? For that belt. Yeah, for that yeah. belt anyway. I never would have guessed. And uh, he's taking on Bobby Boucher Lashley. I hate it. <laughs> you hate Lee's name for him or you hate the match? I hate the match. I love Austin Theory. Like, I've been on his... I've been riding his shit forever. Like I've seen him perform a couple times in Evolve back in the day, but like I just don't like smiley nigga Bobby Lashley. Like Babyface Lashley is maybe one of the worst characters ever. He, it just doesn't work. Like we we had what five years of it not working. Like he it, it doesn't work. Like and what happened when he finally turned heel? He took off. He was a believable champion. He was a believable monster. Like and then he's all off limit, all off beating shit. Like trying to do the with his like it's just like it's so fucking ass like i i cannot stand it i hate it so much i hope austin theory wins i know it's not because clearly they're they're popping up lastly to be like probably number one or number two baby face but it, it's just like i just can't get behind it like i'm so fucking sick of it already like um, i think the only terrible. i think the only way baby face bobby lashley would have worked would have been if they reunited the hurt business right Exactly. I think that's the only way it would have worked. And it's nothing against Bobby himself. He just, he comes off more as aggressive. His ring style works better as a heel. It's just, it's just, it's how it is. Um, However, I'm going to go in the opposite direction as you. And I, I honestly don't think that Bobby Lashley is walking away with the championship. And the reason that I don't think that he is walking away with it is one name, John Cena. Um, I read a Bleacher Report article that kind of made a point about this, that by no means of Bobby Lashley's own or John Cena's, John Cena's return kind of makes Bobby Lashley a lame setting duck as far as his career goes at the very moment, because it's very clear that even though Cena didn't do much when he was there on Raw, that they're eventually pushing this John Cena-Austin Theory match for the United States Championship, most likely at SummerSlam. See, and that's why I think you're wrong. I think that's why Bobby's going to win, because they are bringing Cena back, and him and him and Austin, him and and Theory don't need the title because it's Theory versus Cena. So I think and that's their way of fucking keeping Bobby relevant through the summer until right. we get through this shit to get him back propped up. That's why I think he's going to win it. I could see that. I just personally... I think what's going to happen is I think um, I think we're going to get this match with Theory and Lashley at Money in the Bank. I think we're going to see some sort of interference uh, on Theory's behalf. It might even be Alpha Academy again because they've been kind of enthralled in this rivalry. And I could almost see Alpha Academy costing Bobby Lashley the match and they're all getting the jump on him. Cena comes back and makes a save and they set up the match. But I also could see the way you're saying it too that – Maybe Cena shows up because of Austin Theory running his mouth and costs in the United States Championship. Bobby Lashley wins it. But what I don't like is that either way in this story, I feel like Bobby Lashley becomes the background character. And I don't like that because Bobby Lashley, um, a lot of people talk about how Drew McIntyre helped carry 
Monday Night Raw through the pandemic, but he didn't do it alone. Bobby Lashley, MVP, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, the Hurt Business were the other part of the roster that helped carry just about the entire company during the pandemic era era when they had no fans in the arenas. Let's go. So there's there's no point. Bobby Lashley is at the pinnacle of his career right now. He's doing the best shit he's ever done. There's no reason he should be a background character in anybody else's storyline. The end. Whether he wins or loses, he shouldn't be the background character in any story. But if you want my actual prediction, I think Austin Theory is walking away with the United States Championship, unfortunately. All right. Justin, how about you? So I'll be honest. I've been kind of on the fence since this match has been announced. Because of the points you guys have made up respectively regarding this match, like, I do believe at SummerSlam we are going to see John Cena and Austin Theory one-on-one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the only wild card in all this is the United States title. Do they have Theory retain and do a match with Cena for the U.S. title, even though we know Cena's not going to win or he shouldn't win if he's not sticking around for a while afterwards? Uh, do they have Lashley win the U.S. title and kind of be – that upper mid card main champion on raw without Roman reigns there right now, or however long Roman reigns is not on the show. That's also a possibility. Lashley was the main guy on raw for a good amount of the past year. That's the main thing. Like that point you just made right there. That's why, because the fact that there is no world title there, you, and they've already, we've already seen the reports that they have Lashley as the number one baby face or was, what was the number two behind Cody, but Cody's gone. So what do you do? You give him the secondary title to kind of man the fucking ship since there's no war t- world title there. Like, that's the biggest point. That's the fucking shit I'm rolling with. Is that point you made right there? Yeah. And that's kind of what I've been going back and forth on. Uh, you know, this is obviously Fury's first championship in WWE. I would imagine they want him to have a long run with it. He's had it about two months going on three now. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to say Austin Theory to win this. Uh, maybe they do some kind of schmaz DQ finish and they do a rematch on Raw uh, the next night. Or excuse me, because this pay-per-view is on Saturday. Two nights later for the following week in the lead-up to SummerSlam. But I do think Fury holds on to the title a little bit longer. Uh, so I'm going to go with him for now. All right. Damn. RN, well, uh, you've kind of already spoken. You got any more you want to say on this match? No? (laughs) What what do do I miss? Oh, I asked if you had uh, anything more to add for this match. Oh, no, we said, I mean, that was pretty much it. Like, it's... it's... Honestly, you should have kept silent. That was even funnier when you did that. (laughs) I thought you heard him and you were just like... No, I didn't hear him at all. <laughs> I, thought he, so, um, I thought he said, all right. I know he said, all right. In future, in future reference, when Lee asks questions, just don't even answer him. It's funnier. All right. Just, just no sell. All right. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I, I also see something that you're all forgetting about when it comes to Bobby Lashley. It's July 4th weekend. He's a military veteran. Do you really, Ooh. See, them, do you really see them dropping that ball? Ooh, oh, United States think, Championship. I didn't even July put that into the event. equation. Yep. Military veteran. I oh. didn't put. Yeah, I didn't put that into the equation. Bobby Lashley, United States up. champion. Yeah, that's, that's what funny. I'm going with. 
Yeah, no, now that you say that, it makes sense, especially with it being the United States Championship. However, Vince McMahon always does love to pull a swerve. He does it whenever anybody's wrestling in their hometown, so I wouldn't be shocked if he did it again. No, I don't. I think normally you're right about that, but this isn't that. And my thing is, like I said, we all saw the reports of like who the number one baby face and heel and all that shit was. Cody's gone. There's no world title. Like, so what do you do for your next up baby face? You put the secondary title on him, and you still get to do Theory versus uh, Cena, and right. it's nothing on the line. So like, it's nothing like it won't affect either one of them anyway. That's you know why what? I think it's it's destined for him. And think about it. Sorry. No, go ahead. ahead. And think about it. Do you really see John Cena winning a championship and then being able to defend that championship with everything he's got going on? Exactly. That's my point, too. Well, and here's the thing. If nothing else, say what we will about Bobby Lashley being a babyface and how entertaining he can or cannot be. If nothing else, this storyline is unpredictable, and that's kind of a nice change for WWE. There's, there's a couple yeah. different ways they could go, and nobody really knows what they're going to do. Yeah. So, I mean, if nothing else, it's unpredictable, and it's a nice change of pace. And, and that's the thing. Like, we always say that, but, like, this is this is actually something where we really don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Right. We yeah. really don't. And that's uh, that's amazing and kind of, like, makes anything that happen that makes it more palatable because we just don't know for once. We don't know how this is going to go. Now, if only they could do the same thing with the Intercontinental Championship. And every yeah, and every single one of us brought up a different point on why we thought one or the other should win. Yeah. So there's a little, so maybe maybe this uh storyline is a little more entertaining than we thought it was originally. Yeah. All right, guys. Our next match is the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championship, the Usos versus the Street Profits. I'm gonna start this one off. I'm not a fan of the Usos. I don't understand how a man who's seven foot tall, weighs 350 pounds, can jump over the top rope and not touch it. But these guys got to like bend the goddamn rope down so they can jump over the top rope. Now they don't even do it anymore because they realize, hey, we can't do it. You guys weigh as much as Ricochet. You weigh as much as this one. Your your guys are. They they probably weigh less than me. They're damn near cruiserweights, okay? Why can't you run and jump over the top rope? Roman Reigns is older than the both of you, taller than the both of you, weighs more than the both of you. He can jump over the top rope without touching it too. Why can't they? I'm sorry. It is a pet peeve. It drives me nuts. I look at them, and honestly, with all the super kicks going on, I'm just like, oh, yay, it's a generic Young Bucks. Bro, they were around before the Young Bucks were super kicking everybody. Yeah, but I preferred the Young Bucks. <laughs> and they so. did steal that from the Young Bucks. They weren't super kicking everybody until the Young Bucks got a popping. I don't hate them like he does, but I get where he's coming from. And it's just WWE backed themselves into this corner. Yeah. I hope the Street Profits win. Just my blackness aside of me. But to me, there's two black teams versus each other. So I'm kind of torn on who I should go with. You know, I, I feel like when the Usos come out with the red hair, I just want to start chanting Rufio, Rufio. And go oh, my back God. That's, and, that makes it even better. What are you talking about? That's not I want to go. I want to go, <laughs> I want to go watch Peter Pan, seeing them come out. 
Hook, not Peter Pan. Hook. Yeah, Hook. I'm a Wait, big fan of the street. Of you again? You said Hook. Ah, I see what he did there. I'm a big fan of the Street Profits. I'm a huge fan of Montez Ford. That frog splash. Oh, my God. When he hit that one on Monday night, he damn near hit the money in the bank briefcases. Yeah. Like, he doesn't give RVD a run for his money on the five-star frog splash. Yo, he's elevated the five-star frog splash into a whole new dimension. Like, he takes off, and in my mind, he's gone for a second. He gets so damn high. And not like off marijuana high, but damn, he gets high. So got the, the six star frog splash over here. Yep, he's got the six star. The Meltzer splash. Yeah. <laughs> I want the street profits, therefore I'm going with the street profits. Alex, go ahead. I mean, this one writes itself. The bloodline storyline isn't over yet, so the uses are winning the match. It's that simple. So Fuck I'm going for winning it for me. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but I got to go with what makes the most sense. Obviously, they're they're not. This is the way I see it. They're not going to lose the titles until right before Roman loses one or both of his championships because they're going to use it as part of the storyline build to the bloodline. Most likely breaking apart and Roman losing one or both titles. Roman's not on TV right now. Therefore. That's not going to happen. Therefore, the Usos win. Okay. Justin? Yeah, Alex, I agree with you. Um, You know, the Usos, when they do lose the tag titles, I think it'll definitely be a device to uh, move on to the end of the bloodline and Roman finally dropping the titles. And I don't see that happening anytime soon right now. Uh, I am going to go with the Usos, but I also want to bring up... That I think, you know, the Usos, Money in the Bank last year, they won those SmackDown tag team titles. They are coming up on one year. And the tag team division is not plentiful. They have kind of gone through every tag team they possibly can right now. Uh, With the exception of maybe uh, Gunter and Ludwig Kaiser. And, you know, maybe I'm forgetting somebody else. Oh, Shanky and Jinder Mahal, next tag champs right there. But, um, you know, I feel like that's going to be an issue with this this undisputed tag title reign is, you know, you're not going to have as many challengers lined up, and that's kind of been an issue with Roman's reign for a yeah, while. Yeah, no, no, no. They'll just, they'll just do what they did with Roman. They'll just take time off. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, like they had a feud with the Street Profits last year. They faced each other uh, mm-hmm. right before the draft back in September at Extreme Rules, actually. Yep, but I think the Usos retain. We continue the road that we've been on for the last little while now. All right. Well, I'm not in favor of that, but uh, <laughs> RN, you said the Street Profits. You got anything more you want to add after hearing these guys? No, I kind of, I just picked the Street Profits because it's just like a toss-up for me. Like I love both teams. It would throw a little monkey wrench and shit, kind of make things a little bit more interesting going into the summer, but that's just it. I mean, I don't think they're going to, but I'm picking them just to be different. Yeah, I'm, I'm with back. the Street Profits, too, so I'm there with you. We have Respect. the SmackDown Women's Championship. Ronda Rousey versus I'm a natty girl in a natty world. Faces plastic. 
It's fantastic. You can brush your hair. Can I walk off too? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, bro. I'm going first. I don't care to say my show. I'm just saying I'm going first. <laughs> Fuck that. I hate Natty Neidhart with a fucking passion. They shove her down our throat. Like they, they people say they shove Roman down our throat. Fuck no. Natty was in like, did you guys watch the like A and E, like, you know what I'm saying? Like biography things. Yeah. They put Natty in the Macho Man one because she swam at their fucking pool when she was five years old. Go back and watch it if you think I'm joking. She no, had I nothing didn't. to contribute. She swam at their fucking pool when she was five years old. Oh, do you think she fucking remembered it? Right. Like, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and then on top of it, this bitch is a heart. She can't do the she, she can't do the sharpshooter. That's a, like of all the things I hate about her, of all the things that I just wish she could just fucking wipe her off the map completely for. The main thing is you are a fucking heart. She does the leg wrong sometimes. She fucking puts the wrong leg in sometimes. Like, how do you fuck up? Your family fucking move. Alleged family. Like, <laughs> I'm done. Sorry, guys. I have to do a natty rant on every show. That's my uh, that's my that's my calling card. You know, Natty has come into like the the championship numerous times, but like always fails to capture it type deal. This is going to be one of those times. She's always going to be used as a, well, we have nobody else throw her in the mix type, which is, it is what it is. Ronda Rousey wins. Justin, what do you think? Yeah, uh, Ronda Rousey. Uh... Okay. (laughs) Oh, fuck Alex. He walked away. Wait, so we're we're still we're still talking about Natty. Uh, we're on Money in the Bank now. Oh, we're my, still talking about my, Natalia. You stole no, my fuck. spot. That was my walkaway spot. <laughs> Man, um, yeah, no, she's not gonna win. So any anything that happens between when Ronda Rousey faces Bailey doesn't matter. I will give this. I will say this one thing though. Ronda Rousey. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. She literally said everything I've been thinking about. Natty for the last five years and I can't believe they let her say literally everything. You can go back and check all my fucking posts about Natty. She said everything I've ever said about Natty and it fucking, I almost wanted to fucking like, I, I would have bowed to my sensei. Like, I, I I couldn't have liked Rhonda any more than in that moment when she was just completely fucking shitting on her facial, her fucking plastic surgery, them shoving shit on us, her not actually doing or winning anything in years. Like she just fucking went scorched earth on her. And I. <laughs> What's funny about that though is everything she's saying about Natty is fake in real life because they're like, she's Natty's like her closest friend she's made in WWE. Right, literally, but still, kayfabe on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's still real to me, damn it. It's still real to me. Uh, real yeah, fuck, fuck Natty. She's, she's hot. I'll give her that, but. Mm, huh, what'd you say? I said she's hot. I'll give her that, but would that's about what? it. Yep, I said what I said. Alex that's played a, with Barbies when he was a fucking, kid. You are a weird fucking person, bro. <laughs> <Why> that? <laughs> everyone's got uh, their kink. Everyone's got their kinks. Am I that's right? true. I won't be. You know what? 
We don't. It's 2020. It's 2022. We don't sex shame. No, we don't. People, they have fucking fuck dolls. She's like one of those fuck dolls. (laughs) She's just. She's just alive. She's one of those like silicone fuck dolls that just like don't. Their face don't move. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shame you for liking fucking inanimate objects. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't it? Doesn't it run in the family though that hearts screw hearts? Yeah. This is a safe zone. No judgment here. No judgment. We're I mean, in the squared. We're in the squared circle of trust. I mean, Davey. what I'll say though is, is, is Natty's sister is even hotter than she is. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. in the end, Davy Boy Smith did end up dating Bruce Hart's like ex-wife. So yeah, mm-hmm. they do like to keep it in the family. Uh, before we, move I always on, knew the hearts were a little fucking weird. <laughs> right. I do want to say I would like to see them come out of this show. Uh, Possibly beauty, uh, moving on to a feud with Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey for the woman's title. Yes. But they're probably gonna put the put do Charlotte at SummerSlam. So she's gonna fucking come out and bite fucking Ronda's ankle or some shit to help help Natty or something. Who fucking knows? <laughs> bite her ankle. <laughs> <laughs> fucking turned her into Edward Cullen and shit. Like what the mm. fuck? And I'm and I'm the fucking weird one. <laughs> Uh, all right, we got we got money in the bank. The women's match in this. Who the match, hell's even in this match? I don't even. I was really. Okay. I swear to God, I was about to say that. Like, who the fuck is even? Like, is this match a real thing? Yeah. So we have Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Oscar, Shotzi. And Becky Lynch. So Becky's this is Becky's match. Has yeah. to be, right? I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and say that uh it's the, the Becky Becky's bank, especially after the incident with the mural belt. But uh it looks really obvious here. I don't see it being Lacey Evans. <laughs> fucking jobber central, bro. <laughs> I, I'm, this is what they have, unless they start right, bringing right. back, you know, unless will, Molly I, Holly I, comes I, out. I know, I know, Shotzi's not going to get any type of fucking consideration, but like, and I, I was a Shotzi hater for a long time, but like, I wish she would. I think this is something they could propel somebody else there because, like, I, I like her in ring side. I, I hate her character, like the screaming and shit and the wolf howl and the stupid fucking tank and all that. I think it's dumb as shit, but like her actual in ring style, it's like. Kind of Mick, Mick Foley, mankind is with some other shit mixing. Like, I like her in ring styles, like that crazy, like fucking unpredictable shit. But, like, I know they're not going to give her a shot, but, like, I wouldn't be mad if she wanted. Well, the problem is, I think the worst thing they did was turn her heel, too, because I think if they kept her baby face and kind of given her that platform she was given in NXT to gain popularity, she could have been an actual front runner for this match. Right, right. Yeah, here's I my thing, though. You might not like the tank and shit like that, but I like the tank. I like no, the I know tank. People do and that's and that's why that's why I'm saying they never should have turned her heel because the right, tank right. thing yeah. got over with her yes, as a baby yeah. face with the crowd. Like I said, I'm not I'm not shitting on nobody for liking that because like Matt Matt Ritter and everybody from the fucking smacking it raw, they all gave me shit. But like it's fine. Like I know people like it, it was different. I get it, but like I'm it just wasn't it for you. It wasn't for me, but like yeah. I loved her in ring style. Like I think her in ring style is fucking dope because it's like it's, it's really unpredictable, and it's a little bit of everything. She got some submission. 
She's got some high flying shit. She's got some like brawler shit. Like it's unique. I, yeah, I love her in the ring, and I know that the character is over and it can get over. But like you said, them turning her heel, I think it was a little too premature. I think they should have rolled out the. But you know they don't know what to fucking do with anybody from NXT when they come up. They always fuck it up. It takes them a while to get it get it together. But if if I had to pick a dark horse, I would pick her. Like fuck Liv and all them. They've had their shots and they fucked it up. Like I would put my money behind fucking shots. It's like that one meme that they always show on Facebook with the the Japanese anime character and there's like a butterfly in front of him. And he's yeah. like, is this? And it should just say, is this a, a <laughs> pro wrestler? And it says NXT superstar over it. Right. That's so exactly like, it. My thing with Shotzi is, and Justin would, would agree with this, Shotzi had something unique with that tank because if they – she has an action figure coming out soon mm-hmm. here in, in the WWE Elite Series. I believe it's like 95 or 96. But, no, 95. 95, 95 yeah. So um, as a figure collector, it would have been really cool for her to have a special box as the tank. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah, like that would have been cool because WWE elites do that from time to time. No, I get, like I, said, I completely get it. Like, and I understand. Like, I think they dropped the ball on it. Like you said, or just having her, having her fucking those like weird like little kids fucking figures with the her and the tank and shit and everything, or the Funko suit with the fucking tank for her to go in. Like, they yeah. dropped the ball on that completely. Like, I totally agree. Like I said, it's just not wasn't my cup of tea, but like, no, I get it. I get the appeal from it. And I I all, I agree with you. Like, I think they fucked up. Oh yeah, they, she could have been a she could have been a huge merch pusher for yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like, I don't see it being Lacey Evans. I don't think this whole new character is over, which is really her telling real life stories. Trash. Uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't see it being Alexa Bliss. She really has no character besides that stupid doll. And I thought she was really flourishing with that fucking evil side that she had. I don't see it being. Oh, I her. hated that. I hated that. No, I loved it. I don't see it being I only hated Morgan. It when the supernatural shit started. I, well, I mean, like I want cocky fucking. I'm better than you. I look better than you. I want I, the return of the I, goddess. Be, damn yes, it! Yes, exactly. I love her, and she's from right here where I'm at too, Columbus and shit. Like I love Alexa Bliss. Like this shit. Like she's in purgatory. Like there, we don't know what she is. Like she well, that's basically her shit. character's. That's basically her character's character too. Is that it's purgatory? Yeah. It's like called like duality or whatever the fuck she's doing. And they're yeah. terrible at doing that. So, mm-hmm. so uh, Asuka obviously has a shot. She's a pretty much a veteran out of every name I've mentioned. Becky Lynch, same thing. Shotzi, yeah, I mean, she'd be a really, really big sleeper in this, I feel like. But I'm going to go out on a limb. I think Raquel Rodriguez is the one who wins. That's my sleeper win. Uh, See, here's the thing, though. I don't think it is a sleeper win because that was my prediction for this match as well. Um, Raquel was a dominant force in NXT. She has been mostly dominant since coming to the main roster, even when she has been defeated. And I think that she's that's going to be their way of pushing her right into the women's title scene. She's one of the most improved wrestlers, male or women, in the last two years. Like, yeah. about how she first started NXT, how green and ass she was, like, terrible on the mic. We didn't like, even know who the fuck she was. No, like, she is fucking, she's got, they, I'm, she's got star written all over. Like, she's got that Jade kind of persona. Like, I know WD's going to fuck it up and not let it marinate right, but she has every fucking 
tool in the box to be their next big women's star. Yeah, and I also think um, she she has the potential if they push her the right way to to also be huge towards like the um the latino demographic that graphic that they've always been trying to grab since Rey yep. mysterio and eddie guerrera and i think that she has the ability just like the, the way she carries herself to outside of the company to like be a, a solid role model going forward in that demographic too so i think she could be one of the biggest breakout baby faces of the company and for that reason, I'm also going to agree with you, Lee, and I'm going to say she wins money in the bank. Okay. Okay, Justin, what do you think, man? Okay, so to start, I will say, Lee, Alex, I think Raquel Gonzalez is a very good pick. Uh, you know, especially... That's Raquel Rodriguez. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, fuck, I'm sorry. That, that's right. Raquel Rodriguez. You know, uh, because WWE has to change the name of their own superstars. Yeah, right. Whoops. For no reason. <laughs> uh, I do think that's a good pick, especially with the way the SmackDown Women's Division is right now. You know, pretty much losing Sasha and Naomi, so the star power really isn't there right now. Uh, but I'm gonna go in a different direction. You guys might disagree with me. I'm gonna say Liv Morgan wins this. Uh, I think. I mean, I would hope to say that they use this to kind of build Liv Morgan up. But with their history of Money in the Bank winners, usually as soon as you get that case, you're cursed and you just start losing all your matches. So I'm going to say Liv. Uh, you know, you kind of go down the lineup. Becky, I think, has kind of had her time. I don't really think she needs to be in the woman's title picture right now. Asuka, you could put it on, but I don't feel like it's really necessary. Uh, Lacey, I don't think we've seen enough since she's come back. Shotzi is, you know, kind of the place filler in this match, just looking at the lineup. And Alexa, who knows what the fuck's going on with her, as we kind of talked about. It just feels like she's very directionless. But I'm going to say Liv Morgan on this. Yeah, my only problem is I think Liv Morgan should have won Money in the Bank last year. I Me think too. that's where I right. think that's when yeah, that's what I was about to say they fucked up. It should have yeah, been last year. And I think she could have been a made star if they had the iron was the hottest last year. You even heard it in the Money in the Bank ladder match last year when she was about to grab the briefcase. She was the most popular star in the women's division a year ago. And I think they fucked up by not having her win last yep. year, especially considering no offense to Nikki Cross slash Nikki A.S.H. Because I know she's gotten dealt a shitty hand, but they they didn't do much by giving her the money in the bank briefcase last year. She won. She became champ for a short period of time. It ended. She ended up in a shitty tag team that ended up with her turning on Rhea just for Rhea to turn heel right after anyways and join the Judgment Day. It just it didn't do much for her at all. And I think Liv Morgan would have been better off last year, so I don't think it'll have the impact that it would have had last year because everybody was ready for it a year ago. Yeah, well, look, she should have won it last year. And that's why they'll do it this year. <laughs> I mean, that is uh, that is solid WWE logic as well. It is. All right, guys. We got the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. <clears throat> we have Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Omos, Sami Zayn, Riddle, 
and if I do believe there is one more participant, but we don't know who it is, if if that is correct, is that right, Justin? Uh, yes, it's going to be. Uh, it's supposed to be either Kevin Owens or Ezekiel. They're supposed to have a match for the last spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So Ezekiel. Okay. Yeah. So Ezekiel. All right. Yeah. Basically, so we'll, we'll, we'll pretend it's Ezekiel. I guess you know, or you can pretend it's Kevin Owens, regardless. Uh, either one. Yeah, I don't think either one of them are. Are, are the it factor here right <clears throat> i'm really looking at uh seth or drew to be Which honest is sad because it. kevin owens should be the top runner in any match he's ever read yeah i agree I, um, seth rollins is who i'm picking for this like i know it may not be him but like at this point in time like who all we've got and what stars are up there and like who really can give roman a run for his money on out of all these guys in the match, like, I would love my dark horse pick is Sami Zayn, especially with the bloodline shit he's fucking around with that I love. But Seth Rollins has to be the winner here. Yeah, I I would say it, it can't be Drew because if it's my understanding at the uh, uh, pay per view and Clash at the Castle. Yeah, thank you, Clash at the Castle. I believe they have that basically set in stone. He's going to face Roman for the the, the title type That's deal. That's what I thought too. So, you know, so like I'm ruling him out automatically for that. Right. Who are you thinking then? I'm saying it. It's I'm Seth. It's the only one that realistically makes sense. Yep. I mean, I you could say Omas, but like. Nah. Yeah, Sheamus. We know with his uh, what he has like spina bifida or something like that, right? Spinal sclerosis. Yeah, thanks. Um, he, you know, he. I don't see him. Well, I mean, he's also already won the Money in the Bank ladder match too. Yeah, Seth or Riddle, but so, I'm saying more Seth. Okay, so yeah. I'm gonna go in three different directions. Because um, th- these are my top picks, because they're realistically, I think, the only people that could win this match. Yeah, Seth Rollins, obviously, as we've already stated, where Seth Rollins, there's this theory going around the internet that he could cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase. Roman and Heyman find a loophole that allows him to only cash in on one title. That's how the title split up again. Um, also, that also sets up Seth picking up another title again, Cody returning around WrestleMania season. We get one last match between Cody and Seth. Cody wins the WWE title at WrestleMania. That is one way it could go. Um, Drew McIntyre could win the match and decide ahead of time, similar to how John Cena did, that he is cashing in at Clash at the Castle because WWE hasn't... It's basically been set in stone that they're having that match, but it hasn't been said on WWE television. I'm not saying they're going to go that way, but I'm just saying... No, that, no, I'm saying like I ha- they haven't said one way or right. another. They haven't said one word that that match is actually happening, so it's right. an easy way for Drew to say, I'm cashing in in my home country. This is when we're going to have the match. And like I said, Lee, we're just going realistically of the possibilities that could happen. And then the last one is the slightly realistic possibility, but it's more or less my pick and what I want to happen. I'd like to see Riddle win the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match and win the briefcase because I think Riddle's on that slow rise that Daniel Bryan was in about 2012, 2013 right now. And I think you're going to see Riddle end up being the top superstar of the next generation. You've got like the yeah. guys like Cody and Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and those guys like kind of holding the fort right now with this generation. 
But you got these guys underneath. You've got your guys like Riddle. You've got your guys like Austin Theory. I'd even maybe throw Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens in there. They're, they're kind of in the middle. But um, you've got that next generation that's going to be coming up, and you need people that are going to be ready. And we've already got Austin Theory being primed, and Riddle is obviously, I think, going to be the other one. You and I talked about this, Lee. Riddle is going to be the top babyface of that company, and Theory is going to be the top heel in about five, ten years. We had the same conversation too on on the rewind and Smack Raw Pod. Like those are my two guys. I love them, uh, both of them from Evolve and everything, Catch Point and all that shit. Like I even told mm-hmm. my daughter the Catch Point handshake. We do it to this day. Like those. That's that's. I I totally agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. So I think I think if we're going and looking towards the future, I think Riddle is the obvious choice of who should win. Should and will though. Which what's your is that your pick? <laughs> I mean, so that's the one thing I I could see them actually doing it. Like I I don't think the the possibility is huge, but I could see them doing it. It wouldn't it wouldn't be a total shocker if they actually went with it because of how over he is. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Riddle. Back him into a wall. Right on. How about you, Justin? Okay, so I'm gonna throw some long term booking at you guys. And I, I know love. it isn't Gibby's forte, but hear me out. I love long-term booking. It's all right. Hit me. So the last few weeks, I kind of had the same idea as you, Alex, that Drew McIntyre was going to win the money in the bank, pull a Rob Van Dam and say, hey, Clash at the Castle, Roman, it's me and you, Universal or Undisputed Universal Championship. But if you watched Raw on Monday, you noticed the exclusive interview they aired with Cody Rhodes. Uh, towards the end of the show in the third hour. And in that interview, Cody said, I don't want Seth Rollins to win money in the bank, but if he does, I will be the first one to congratulate him. When he wins the title, I should say. When he wins the uh, world title, if he cashes in. Now, that has me thinking in another direction. I think we obviously stu- do still get Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns for the title at Clash at the Castle. Uh, I think Seth Rollins wins money in the bank here. And, you know, let him fucking run with it. Customize the briefcase every week to match his suit. Play into the shit. I'm into it. I I, I think Drew McIntyre and, you know, fucking tell me I'm I'm an idiot. Tell me whatever you want. I think Drew McIntyre beats Roman Reigns at Clash at the Castle for the Universal Championship. Now... Steph Rollins holds on to that Money in the Bank briefcase towards the road to WrestleMania. And let's be honest, we all think Cody's coming back at the Royal Rumble and winning it. That guarantees him the title match in the main event or the co-main event, whatever fucking night it is. Now, say Seth Rollins cashes in Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, either one, on Drew McIntyre. Probably say the Royal Rumble just so you can get the rematch out of Drew McIntyre before WrestleMania. And... The night after, on Raw, after uh, Seth cashes in, who's the first one to come out? Cody Rhodes. Congratulations on the title win. I'll be taking it at WrestleMania. And I think that's where you go from here. I could be wrong, but I think Seth Rollins wins money in the bank here, and we have a long-term story to build to. See, I like like that whole story. The only added twist I would put in is – the the part I had mentioned earlier on where like somehow along the way where that cash in happens, the title split too, because then that also gives the added bonus of if he cashes in around the Royal Rumble, which 
which champion does the Royal Rumble winner pick? Which champion does Seth Rollins right. cash in on? Yeah. So and I that's think the thing too, they have to decide how they're going to split these titles. Right. I feel like somewhere along the line, Paul Heyman has to come in and be like, there's a loophole where this person is getting this match, but they're only getting it for one title. I'm with it. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think since obviously they haven't combined them into one title yet, they're getting split up again at some point. Oh, there and are. that's that's the one thing about the world title scene that does keep me watching what Roman's doing because I am excited and anxious to see when and how they are going to split the titles back up again. And I feel like it's obviously got to be in the build up to WrestleMania. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, I like I like it, Justin. Yeah. All right, a lot of different theories in there. I like it. I like it. Now we're moving on to a match that I really don't know we even need to talk about. The Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Carmella, which originally was supposed to be Rhea Ripley. Uh, We always know card is subject to change, and it changed. Yep. Mella is money. Why do we even talk about this? This is a, a worthless spot on the show. Well, if uh, honestly, I wish they had kept her Staten Island princess gimmick. It was better than what she's doing. I wish they had kept the gimp, the gimp uh, gimmick. Like I loved it. The what with gimmick the ma- with the, with the ga- with the mask with the mask on her. I love it. Even oh yeah, yeah, time. that was good too. <laughs> I just I don't know. Ever since she came back as a heel, and she's had this whole Mela's money gimmick. I just it hasn't been it for me. I like the Staten Island princess gimmick better. The like the fact that she was the last one that kept the gimmick from Enzo and Cass. I just, I don't know. Something about that did it for me, and I was entertained by her more then than I am now. I'll fuck with it. Yeah. Um, I think it's obvious that we all are 4-0 on this one. Yep, I don't even think we need to talk about it. We don't. Yeah, yeah. Bianca. 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 Yep, yep, yep. There it is. There it is. Those are our predictions, ladies and gentlemen. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. Uh, and when we post the show, we will also use it as our pre- predictions thread. So go ahead and comment your predictions. You will get the chance to win an 8 by 10 signed by me. Well, I, I got a bunch. Not you. you the hell do we- <laughs> you don't even have an 8 by 10. Yes, we have we have eight. We have eight by tens by the likes of Kevin Nash, Tatanka, Edge, Brett the Hitman Hart, and other various legends that you could win one if you can be the first to post your predictions for Money in the Bank on our Facebook and predict it correctly. Perched on the top rope on Facebook. All right, man, y'all, thank you for coming on. This show was a pretty late one. There was a lot for us to talk about. I always appreciate having guests on and we've been trying to do this for a while. And I am right. right. Anytime you guys leave me on, like I had a great fucking time. You guys are super fucking dope. I I think we all kind of have the same sort of love and feeling about wrestling. So I'm definitely open. Anytime you guys need me, let me know. I'm down. 
I definitely oh, like that vibe that we give off to where we can kind of we can jab at each other about our opinions, right. but also like yeah. in a healthy like you're not really digging. No, at each I don't other take that life. shit serious. Like I'm, no, I'm an asshole. Either. Like I, I thrive off of it. <laughs> I thrive. I thrive off of when other people give it right back. Yes, I that that makes. I'm me like they right. they get it. <laughs> yes, I love it more when you shoot shit and talk shit back to me. Like that that's what real friends do. We give each other shit. Yep, absolutely. So man, go ahead, plug everything you got all your social media, where fans can find the shows. The floor is yours, my man. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Smack Raw Pod is the brand. Look at it. That's on Twitter as well. My personal Twitter is Mr. 8984. If you also want to uh, make your family uncomfortable, follow Mean Jelly Bean Memes on Facebook. We share a bunch of fucking destructive, terrible things that I love. Also, too, if you want to have a laugh, Follow us on, uh, go ahead, give us a like on fucking YouTube. Me and Jelly Bean Productions, we make ridiculous rap videos and uh, comedy skits like Sandwich and AJ's is our, our best one. But we just did one of, for a buddy of mine, uh, his diaper party. We dressed up like dads and shit, uh, think too much. So definitely go check it out. Let me know what you guys think. And like I said, thanks for having me on. Definitely looking forward to coming back. Uh, by the way, those videos are hilarious. I have seen them. They're thank you, fucking thank you, thank hilarious. You. Guys, you can find us on social media. We are everywhere and anywhere on that good old internet. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. You can find us on Instagram at perched on the top rope podcast. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. Closing in on 10,000 likes. We've got 10,000 plus followers, but yo, get us with a like. I just like you can find us on Twitter at Perch Top Rope because apparently perched on the top rope is too long for Twitter. That's what she said. <laughs> you can also find us on TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope where we recreate Selena scenes using the greatest professional wrestling moments in history. And if that doesn't float your boat, well, you can watch Kevin Sullivan. That's right. The taskmaster from WCW get humped by a dog on our TikTok. <laughs> at, I just it, all, all of them. it always gets someone at perched on the top rope. Ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to this podcast anywhere and everywhere. Podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Red Bean, Podbean, Red Bay, Red Circle, all of them, whatever you want. All of the colors and all of the beans. Exactly. We're on all platforms that you can find a podcast. It's perched on the top rope. We also want to thank those countries that have lovingly kept us on their chartable top 250s from America, Ireland, Indonesia, Germany. Australia, thank you. We'll be back on the other one soon. We hope to reach other countries also. So keep tuning in, keep listening, and fans, always remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be.